What's going on, folks? Welcome back to yet another episode of In Defense of Liberation, the show that is working towards and educating about a true people's liberation movement and hopefully one day a true proletarian revolution. But until we get there, I wanted to say thanks for stopping by. I am your host, Josh, and it is nice to have you here. Today is a very important uh, day, and I would be incredibly remiss and also uh, incredibly opportunist if I did not speak about the 7th of September movement that is meant to happen uh, in Brazil today. So again, I am recording. Today is September 7th, 2021, and today a very, very large demonstration has been planned and uh, ultimately led by the Brazilian Communist Party and the Brazilian working and oppressed people. Um, Their slogan is Fora Bolsonaro. Uh, They are seeking not only the impeachment of Bolsonaro, and his administration, but also many other repercussions for this government, as well as the government structure, the ruling class of Brazil as a whole. Now, Bolsonaro has many reasons to be impeached. He also has many reasons to have criminal charges levied against him. And that is another thing that the Brazilian people are calling for. But it's important now that we understand what is really going on, uh, what the Brazilian Communist Party is intending to do, um, what the Brazilian people are calling for, and how we can help. So the history of Brazil, although I would love to be able to say I knew it a lot, is something that I don't have incredible knowledge of. I am lucky enough to have people in my life from Brazil who have been able to speak to me about its history, who have been able to speak to me also about what's going on on the ground. Um, Some of you met a good friend of mine who was there in Brazil on a episode about a month or so back. forget what the episode is called, but if you search Brazil, Brazil is in the name. Um, it's a three-part episode with my homie down there, so go ahead and check that out um, to get some context. But just real briefly, just to get a, you know, a kind of vague understanding. So Brazil, like many other Latin American countries, has been colonized and then by uh, kind of many different powers, uh, Then also, they had many national liberation struggles, independence struggles, um, throughout the regions, which eventually led, in many different ways, to a different form of ruling class oppression. In some cases, by direct military occupation by the United States and other European powers, you also had... Um, a sort of uh, comprador bourgeoisie and a uh, national bourgeoisie 
that began to develop through uh, certain individuals and groups, such as uh, wealthy plantation owners, uh, government officials, religious uh, individuals, many who made a killing off of opening the markets, the resources, the land, and the labor to invading uh, countries such as the United States and others. Brazil, not uh, too uh, dissimilar to many of the countries throughout Latin America, um, was under the oppression in different regions by different powers. Um, And it also endured uh, different forms of oppression than some of the surrounding states. What I mean by this is Brazil became a very prominent cash crop, to say, in the colonial and imperial sphere. We see this still today with how much Brazil is used by the Western powers, how much the Brazilian ruling class is used by the Western ruling powers to acquire things like, for example, beef grazing uh, land for the beef cattle, which the United States is one of the largest purchasers of. So what do we do? We use our money. We use, and I should say, I keep doing this. They use, as in the United States ruling class, not we, because we are not them. They are not we. It's just a slip of the tongue thing because they fucking get you with that. But anyways, they use their money as well as their, you know, kind of perceived threat that the largest military power in the world, aka the United States, in history, uh, kind of has on its backside when countries don't want to listen. Um, there's a whole book about how the CIA, the FBI, and the U.S. military, through different forms, uh, literally fucking murdered everyone who eventually didn't want to listen to them. It's called Washington Bullets by VJ Prashad. Go read it. Uh, but Brazil had different players within the country that were willing to hand away uh, incredible amounts of wealth, of land, of resources, and labor to invading and uh, colonizing country's ruling classes. The colonialism and the other forms of oppression that Brazil and the rest of Latin America have had to endure is something that nobody should ignore, is something that nobody should be saying is over today, and is something that all of us need to be giving voice to, need to be looking at ways to show solidarity with our international comrades. We need to be working towards building connections with folks in Brazil and across the world. Social media is an incredible tool. I've met many people from across the world using it. Um, Social media is also a pain in the ass, but um, we need to be using everything at our disposal to be able to aid give uh, kind of the voice to and propagandize for our international 
uh, comrades and working and oppressed people across the world. There are a bunch of uh, incredible social media pages as well as news sources that do a fantastic job at this. Um, so we ought to be sure to be following these, to be giving uh, credit and, and donating to if we have the ability to. Um, and we need to be making sure that we ourselves also use these as tools to educate people. This is why uh, I use uh, the medium of podcasting and blogging to try to give voice to these things because otherwise I talk to my friends and my family and they stop talking to me. (laughs) Um, But what's happening in Brazil has a history which we need to understand more clearly. In Brazil, there was colonialism. But then just like many other countries throughout the late 1800s and early 1900s, they had, um, and I, I guess early 1900s isn't really necessarily true, but <clears throat> late 1800s throughout the 1900s, many countries, such as Brazil, had independence <clears throat> and national liberation struggles. That meant they were fighting the colonizing countries for their land back. This was done in many, many, many different ways. Uh, in some cases... It was done through the nationalization of uh, resource extraction uh, mines, or in other cases, it was attempted through agricultural, <coughs> excuse me, agricultural land redistribution, uh, agrarian reforms of sort that gave land and tools and money and. Uh, seeds and other things to try to break away from the latifundo um, uh, kind of system of small tax of land given to individual farming families similar to serfdom uh, where a massive uh, comprador bourgeoisie aka landlord uh, form took the land, owned the land, gave small tax of the land away to individuals in in uh, kind of payment for by uh, just about all of the crops they could grow. So the whole relationship is quite similar to the working relationship we see today throughout the world, which is the owning class which owns the means of production, that is the land and other things that is required to produce things, and doles out uh, kind of crumbs of the wealth and of the products that come of this ownership to those who are the very ones producing the things, who are the very ones laboring to produce these things. So... Again, in Brazil, just like many other Latin American countries, you have the development of a national or a comprador bourgeoisie. This is a ruling class, uh, which, as we know, kind of gets complicated because they aren't fully in this way, 
uh, the truly dominant force until a independence or national liberation struggle takes place. Because prior to that, usually the colonizing or imperial power is the one really pulling the strings. Uh, they do this through many different means, not only just paying off individuals, but for example, you have like the United Fruit Company, who uh, basically owns the entire stock market, or I guess not even stock market, owns and uh, is able to manipulate as it pleases the entire market of the given countries. Uh, and it does that through employing a majority of the workforce. Um, Haiti is another example where sweatshops and other similar types of work consume almost the entire labor force there where most people, if they don't want to work for 33 cents a day in a country where you can't get anything for 33 cents in a day, um, those who uh, don't work those jobs either are incredibly poverty-stricken, just as are the people who have those jobs, or they make attempts to go to places where they can make more money. This is one of the, uh, in, I don't want to say, one of the reasons why many folks immigrate out of their home country. Nobody wants to leave their home. If your home provides for you everything you need, Nobody wants to leave their home, especially their home country. Everything they know, everyone they know, every form of interaction, every skill that they needed to have before is null and void. They have to start anew, completely anew, and usually in countries which have no interest in allowing these people to assimilate they have no interest in giving these people equal standing within this society. We completely ignore the plight of the immigrant and how incredibly traumatizing such an experience is. And we only sit here and say, uh, oh, oh, well, they're taking our jobs. Oh, really, asshole? Go take those jobs from them because guess what? They don't want to be working those jobs. Um, but again, this is, you know, a case in Brazil. You have a ruling class, which is a colonizing or imperial country, which dominated the production. So what was produced, not things that the Brazilian people needed, but what was profitable to be sold in international markets through whether selling of goods there as they do now by buying uh, almost fully produced uh, commodities and then just selling them outright or uh, what they would have done prior to that which would be uh, extracting the resources and using the resources to produce things in other countries this was done for hundreds of years this you know this does not necessarily uh, quote underdevelop a nation that is too uh, soft of a word that that in in that gives kind of weight to this argument that there's a difference between soft and, and hard power, where the difference between oppressing a group of people through means like starvation and joblessness are, quote, better than through outright massacre, as if they are any different in any way. Um, so we need to recognize here that this completely stunts a country's ability to self-determine. It doesn't again, under 
develop the country. It, as Michael Parenti says, over-exploits the country. As he also says, you do not go to a poor country to exploit and become rich. None of these countries which endured hundreds of years of colonization and imperialism, none of those were poor countries. They were incredibly rich, rich with resources, rich with culture, rich with all kinds of people who did not know of this European individualism in the way we know it today, who did not war for profit, but to settle disputes at a a juncture when it was usually the only means necessary. Whereas the United States has, for profit, been at war for 226 of our 245 years of existence. Brazil and many Latin American countries have suffered incredibly for hundreds of years because of the oppression and domination by imperial and colonial powers. Another way that they do this, of course, is they influence through hegemonic power, so kind of being the dominant military and ideological force, as well as the dominant financial force in the world, especially, this is the material basis we must align ourselves on, is where does the power come from? It doesn't always come from brute strength, guns, and muscles, but it also comes from markets. It comes from environmental and ecological uh, destruction, Uh, like in Haiti, where it is so difficult to use the soil. Um, It is also done through the manipulation of their production. So this question of soft versus hard power is an idiotic one, and we should not give weight to it. Any and all oppression is oppression. So today, the Bolsonaro administration is yet another form of imperialism. The Bolsonaro administration is yet another example of how imperialism continues into the 21st century. Just like Trump, although we must not, you know, make comparisons in this way on individual merit, but on the material interests which they served, just like Trump, Bolsonaro fanned the flame of the far right. Since the early, early days of his administration, he has been incredibly genocidal in both his vocabulary and in his actions towards the uh, black and indigenous communities within Brazil. He also, like Trump, is extremely sexist and has allowed for incredible acts of what is called femicide, uh, which has been a huge problem throughout uh, colonized countries. He has allowed for a continued uh, incredible um, amount of sexual and domestic violence, as well as uh, sex trade, which takes part in many colonized countries. He has not given word uh, or, or taken action in order to curb Uh, such a thing which is on the rise throughout all of the countries in the world. He allowed for 
incredibly fascistic rhetoric and grassroots action to take place. Similar to the Proud Boys uh, and other groups which kind of came out onto the floor and really, really had the stage during the Trump era, uh, so too do individuals today in Brazil uh, have the center stage to go out and be fucking fascists. Uh, My homie in Brazil sent me a video from last night in Brasilia well, where the Bolsonarists driving huge semi-trucks waving Brazilian flags and all kinds of stuff. There was a police barricade set up. And just like in January 6th in the U.S., the police, what did they do? They let them right through. From the video, you can tell there's not even violent interaction. The only, quote, violence is the semi-trucks don't really completely stop. They go very, very slow towards the barricade, honking their horns, but they don't really stop. And they're not made to stop. And the people who are walking that are following them are not made to stop. And as my homie in Brazil pointed out, this is an instance where the, the right in coalition with the ruling class powers such as the police, the military, the state, and the capitalists allow for something like this to happen, not because in, you know, any true sense necessarily they want a coup d'etat, but because they want to scare the left. So they allow something like this to happen so that all those who are not truly militant all those who are not communists and socialists and anarchists and ready to go out and act accordingly and do what needs to be done by any means necessary, they terrify the individuals who want to go out and just simply demonstrate. They even terrify some supposed communists. And this we see here in the United States as well. I think there's an incredible amount of revolutionary conversation I think there's an incredible amount of revolutionary fervor. There is, however, not an incredible amount of revolutionary organizing and revolutionary action. This is not the case in Brazil. And this is why it is important that on September the 7th, today, we pay attention to what the Brazilian Communist Party and the Brazilian people in general demand from their demonstrations. What happens, how they proceed It is incredibly important that we give voice to and also space to the voices of those in Brazil right now fighting not simply for the removal of a government administrator, but also they are questioning why do the Brazilian people who labor like almost no one else Why do the Brazilian people who have such rich lands, who have such vast jungles and natural resources, why are they so incapable of having a meal? Why in a land so rich that it can spend billions of dollars on an Olympic stadium, which it then leaves aside to rot, 
Why can this country not provide housing for its people? In Brazil, it has become incredibly clear why these things are not allowed to be provided to the people. What is stopping them? The the Brazilian people are no longer confused. And those of them who might still be, who might still not be sure, will no longer be confused after today and after the Brazilian Communist Party continues to lead the struggle towards a revolutionary movement, towards a incredible ending to the ignorance of the Brazilian people in understanding what the situation is that they find themselves in, why they are oppressed, what powers are uh, at play, and what to do to stop them. The Brazilian Communist Party is doing an incredible job of leading this struggle. And so today, we must be paying attention like never before to Brazil. We must be uh, looking and studying what uh, comes of this, and we must again be amplifying the voices of the people there. We need to do this not just because the Brazilian comrades need our help and need the extra amplification of what's happening there, but also because here in the United States, we need to be clear about why these movements take place. We need to be clear about what material forces are at play here, how this is a uh, form of capitalism uh, in decay, how this is a form of the contradictions within capitalism are coming to the fore. Uh, And this is a very clear example of what uh, could be happening in the United States after last year's incredible, incredible movement uh, led by groups such as Black Lives Matter uh, for black, brown liberation, as well as an end to police violence. Um, But what needs to happen is not just uh, incredible movements, but revolutionary organizations need to be formed, such as the Brazilian Communist Party, in order to be a guiding force of these movements, not to determine or to dictate for these movements what they are to do, but to almost, in a way, cash in on opportunities to be able to heighten these movements, to give more strength and more revolutionary fervor to these movements, to guide these movements with historical and theoretical knowledge that the average person doesn't have. This is why it is so incredibly important to have a vanguard, to have a leading force in a revolution, in a movement such as this. Brazil is a country like many other throughout Latin America, throughout Asia, and Africa, and in places we refer to commonly as the Global South. Brazil is a country of incredibly strong, courageous, and powerful people. It is a country full of love, full of culture, and it was a country full of riches, of natural resources, of beautiful, beautiful landscapes and incredible geography. But due to the oppression, the colonialization, and the imperialism, which has been continued in for over 500 years, 
has destroyed so much of what Brazil once was and could be today. But many people are saying that they will not allow that to continue. Millions, millions have risen up in the past year, year and a half, demanding an end to the Bolsonaro fascist administration. Many more are demanding an end to U.S. involvement within Brazil. One incredible instance was not too long ago, in July, the CIA actually sent a representative to have a secret meeting with the ruling classes in Brazil. Now, as far as I know, nobody knows what this meeting was about. But if we know anything about the CIA, and we know anything about the CIA's involvement in Latin America, this cannot spell good times for our Brazilian comrades. Brazil is a country which has been made poor, it has been made hungry, it has been made to suffer in so many ways. But Brazil is still standing. The Brazilian people are still strong. They are still courageous. And the Brazilian people are ready. They are ready to have a country of their own. They are ready to have a nation, a government, and a culture which is built on and predicated on the betterment of all, not the benefit of some. It is predicated on the idea that those who labor, those who suffer, those who work their entire lives just to be able to afford a home, if that, just to be able to eat a healthy meal every day, if that, just to have education and medical care, which places all throughout the world, including both Brazil and the United States, many people have no access to or incredibly poor access to. This is not because of some inherent awfulness or laziness of the Brazilian people. This is not because of the savagery of the Brazilian people, of the indigenous communities, which Bolsonaro and other ruling class powers have stripped so much land away from that they came out and demonstrated in 6,000 plus across the country. The numbers were incredible. The videos and pictures were incredible. And the sentiment of the indigenous people aligns quite well with the sentiment of the Brazilian people, of the oppressed and working classes of Brazil. And the Brazilian Communist Party is doing all that it can to turn this incredible revolutionary movement into everything that it can be. So today, my friends, I demand that we stand up aside the Brazilian people, aside the Brazilian Communist Party, and demand not only an impeachment of Bolsonaro and his administration, not only criminal charges being levied against each and every one of them, not by the Brazilian judges in courtrooms, which are set up by the Brazilian ruling class, but by the people in people's tribunals, in community 
uh, uh, trials, such as those which take place in Cuba, in Nicaragua, in other places where revolution, the people have taken the power out from the hands of their oppressors. And we must also demand that this too be done in Brazil, that the oppressed and working people of Brazil rise up in arms together and say once and for all, no more oppression, no more ruling class, no more bourgeoisie, and no more capitalism. And that means no imperialism, no colonialism, no nothing. So to those of us in the West who think that we can have revolutions here while still abusing those in the global South, I say you are a chauvinist, you are a reformist, and you are an opportunist. Anyone who would turn their back on the Brazilian people's struggle, anyone who would turn their back on the global South and their need for not only liberation, not only self-determination, but an end to their play in the imperial and international market, an end to their exploitation by the oppressive ruling classes of the world, and once and for all, the true people's power in the hands of the dictatorship of the proletariat. Now, we cannot expect that in the snap of a finger, something like this will come. We cannot expect that just because of the incredible and amazing theoretical and practical guidance which the Brazilian Communist Party has been able to give to so many people involved in this struggle, we must realize that it is not simply something that can happen in a spark, in the snap of a finger. We have to realize that revolution is a process. Revolution is a progression where two powers, the oppressor and the oppressed, are waging back and forth a struggle. One taking power from the other in other ways. One taking control of the struggle over another until eventually one decisive power puts its foot on the next of the other and exploits, oppresses, and suppresses their interests. Now, this today is being done by the few ruling class powers, not just within Brazil, but especially the few ruling classes of the international community. Over the many. They exploit as many as they can. They oppress as many as they can. And what do they do? What do they get from it? Incredible amounts of wealth, which you and I produced. You and I, we labored. We created that wealth. We created the commodity that they sold for that money. Many of us built the cars that they're driving. Some of us built the homes that they're living in. But everything that the ruling classes have, they have because they have stolen it through force, through violence, through massacres, through genocide, through conscious, conscious action against the masses for centuries. This is the only reason why such incredible wealth exists in the hands of so few. Because otherwise, this wealth, as it had been for centuries during what we call early communalist societies. That wealth could have been distributed amongst the people in an egalitarian way. The state need not be used as an oppressive uh, tool against the many people who need 
the state to protect themselves. But the state needs to be used by the people, needs to be administrated by the people through what is called the dictatorship of the proletariat so that they can use this tool, which does suppress, which does push down the interests of whichever opposite class is not in control of the state. But right now, that state is being used to kill, to massacre, to oppress and exploit billions of people. It is time that those billions use that state to oppress the hundreds, if not maybe tens of thousands of people who have been oppressing them for centuries. And now this is something so many people have an issue with. We need not be violent like them. We need not be evil like them. We must get our head out of the clouds. We must stop ignoring clear reality. The United States and Brazil are two of some of the most militarized and uh, internationally funded countries. They are two of the most repressive states through different means. And they are two of some of the most contradictory countries in the sense where so, so much wealth exists in the hands of so few while so many are incredibly poor, that contradiction within places like Brazil is right there in front of people. They see the, the, uh, the incredible wealth that the ruling classes have. They see the power that the ruling class has. And they see what little is done for them. They see what little is done for the working class. And today, in Brazil, who knows what's going to happen? Who knows what's to come? But one thing we do know is the working class, the oppressed people of Brazil, will no longer be oppressed as they have been before. If today goes to our liking, the Brazilian people might finally come to a clear understanding of who their enemy is. And in so doing, they might finally be radicalized to a point where they take the necessary steps to rid the world to rid their world of their oppressors. I think we, as communists, as internationalists, need to give all the attention to today and to the Brazilian people's struggle in the upcoming weeks and months as we can. Long live the Brazilian people. Long live the Brazilian Communist Party. Long live Marxism. And... Remember today to post, to talk to your friends about, to get the word out that the Brazilian people are demanding an end to the Bolsonaro regime, an end to fascism, an end to capitalist exploitation, and they are calling out with everything in their being for a Bolsonaro. Thank you for listening, folks. Have a great day.